everyone, it's Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, Biblical Encouragement for Women of All Ages. Today we're going to dive into a really important topic on how to rest the right way. I think so many of us live very fast-paced lives and there's the cultural way to rest and refuel and then there's a, the biblical way. So today we're going to be taking a look at God's version of resting the right way, resting in a way that is going to truly refuel our souls. I remember one time Eric and I were so exhausted after several weeks of speaking events and we really had not learned the secret of resting the right way. We felt like the only thing that we could do was to just go brain dead. And so I remember we rented this cabin up in the mountains and we just went on this movie marathon fest for about two days. We rented all these DVDs and just watched one movie after the next for two days straight, barely got off the couch. And it was really um, kind of sad as I look back on it to see, wow, we just completely um, sat there and, you know, didn't really engage with each other or cultivate anything spiritually, just kind of allowed Hollywood to entertain us for two days straight. And we were really convinced, you know, that was the only thing that was going to help us get over the exhaustion and the um, the burnout and the tiredness that we were feeling. And several years later, God really began to speak to us about this area of our lives, that he had his own way of resting and refueling. And it was very different than the culture's way of resting. And it was really life-changing changing for us to realize that God has rest for us, but it's not necessarily in the lazy, self-indulgent way that our culture promotes. Now, our culture really speaks out of two sides of its mouth because on the one hand, we always feel the pressure to be rushed and fast-paced and be overcommitted and be keeping up with the Joneses and trying to climb that social ladder, popularity ladder, or, you know, the economic rat race, trying to constantly make more and acquire more. But that same culture is constantly telling us that we owe it to ourselves to just get away from it all, let go of our responsibilities, focus on you, do what makes us feel happy. And we're told often the message that comes through is that unless we frequently indulge in the many mind escapes that are out there today, we really can't live balanced and healthy lives. I've seen this so many times, even as a mom, sort of like if you don't really plan self-indulgent time into your life, if you don't plan me time, if you don't really you know, get away and just go brain dead and do whatever you feel like doing, you won't be a truly healthy mom. You'll, you won't be able to really serve your family. And that's something I've wrestled with, but God has shown me that just following the pattern of the culture for rest isn't actually what's going to um, make me live a balanced and healthy life or make me a good mom is looking to his pattern for true rest. And even for those of us who are engaged in Christian work, and maybe we're not necessarily climbing that economic rat race in, in the business world, but we're engaged in Christian work, it's all too easy to buy into that lie that unless we have a lot of self-indulgent time in our lives, we're going to end up overworked and stressed out. Now, last episode, we talked a lot about overcoming burnout and just the key spiritual principles that are involved in going the distance in any kind of ministry. And yet God does take us through seasons where we need rest and we need to be refueled. But what does that look like? Are we looking to the world for how to rest? Or are we looking to God's pattern? 
When David the psalmist penned the beautiful words, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Think about this. He wasn't referring to a movie marathon or a video game fest or a vacation in paradise. He was referring to an entirely different pattern for rest, and it was heaven-born, God-centered, soul-restoring rest. Now, David lived a more demanding life than anything that you you and I could probably relate to. As a young boy, he killed lions and bears single-handedly and defeated the most intimidating giant in the land that none of the armies would even go against. And as a young man, he lived in caves and he was running and hiding for his life before he became king. And then once he became king, he was leading troops into battle and defending the nation of Israel and defeating tens of thousands of his nation's enemies, not to mention being the leader of God's chosen people and making critical decisions that would affect generations to come. But when you read the words of Psalm 23, you would almost think that David lived an easy life of solitude and contemplation sitting around in peaceful fields, playing on his harp, and gazing serenely at the heavens. And you can say that about a lot of the Psalms that were written. Did this person ever do anything, or did they just sort of sit contemplatively in a nice meadow? Who would ever guess that he was a mighty man of valor and war, and that his life was constantly in danger? Somehow David was able to handle the tremendous weights upon his life and remain perfectly restful without entertainment and cultural props to distract him. So what was his secret? Well, to put it simply, David knew how to go to the right source for rest and comfort and peace. Instead of settling for temporary distractions, he discovered the secret to the fullness of joy, which is dwelling in the presence of the Most High God, as it says in Psalm 16. David understood God's pattern for true rest, and because of that, he enjoyed the benefits of real and lasting restoration and soul refreshment and really lasting peace. So let's look a little deeper at what it means to rest God's way. Rest is an idea that God himself came up with. After completing his work of creating the earth, he rested from his work on the seventh day. And he takes rest so seriously that he made a day of rest each week. It was part of the Ten Commandments. He created our bodies to need sleep every night. And even Jesus, when he was here on this earth, took time for rest. So adding purposeful periods of rest into our daily and weekly and yearly lives is a key way that we honor God's pattern. But resting God's way is of crucial importance. If we don't, then we're merely settling for a counterfeit version of rest that doesn't lead to lasting peace or refreshment. I'd like to share a few key principles that can be a great starting place. If you feel rushed and stressed and overwhelmed or simply just wondering how to spend your downtime appropriately as a set-apart woman of God, here are some key principles for how to rest God's way. The first one is to rest from worry. So often we think that rest means just stopping what we're doing and doing something different, but oftentimes it's simply a rest of soul, a rest of mind, and not holding those worries and those cares internally, but laying them at the feet of Jesus, casting our cares upon him because he cares for us. It's what the Bible tells us to do. So take a minute and say, okay, what am I worrying about that's constantly making me feel unsettled and not restful? And then make 
making a purposeful effort to say, Lord, I am laying these cares at your feet. I am entrusting them to you. I'm putting these burdens on you instead of trying to carry them myself because I know that you can carry them and I can't. That simple act, even if you aren't able to physically rest, can bring such a tremendous spirit of rest over your soul. The second principle is to rest from self-effort. If you look at the story of Mary and Martha, where Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet and Martha was stressed out. She was running around trying to serve, but she was trying to serve in her own strength, in her own effort. Now, it's not serving that is the problem because God calls us to be servant-hearted and to to turn outward and to pour out our lives on behalf of others, but serving in our own strength, not relying on the grace of God, the enabling power of God, and not doing it out of love for our Lord, but doing it out of a desire to be noticed and appreciated by other people, all of those things are going to quickly drain us of energy and deplete us. So making a purposeful effort to say, Lord, I am not going to try to accomplish what you've placed in front of me in my own strength. I'm coming to you for grace and I know that you have said that you will supply me with grace for everything that you've called me to do. So anything God has called us to, he equips us for by his grace. A lot of times in my role as a wife and a mother, if I feel stressed out and I feel that I'm really just not restful and I'm agitated by all that's on my plate, I simply need to just take a few minutes and ask for the grace of God and say, Lord, this feels like too much for me, but I know it's not too much for you. Will you empower me and infuse me with your grace? And when I begin to lean on God's grace instead of my own self-effort, there's a tremendous rest that comes over my soul. So even if nothing about your physical circumstances change, even if your task list is the exact same, even if you can't take you know a day away or a weekend away but you do those two things you'll be refreshed and renewed simply by choosing to cast your cares on him and rest from your worry and rest from your self-effort Now, when you do need a season of physical rest, it's so important to rest for the right reasons. And that's the third principle that I wanted to share with you. So whether you're a mother of many young children, you're a corporate executive, you're a missionary, you're a high school student, a college student, you're you're working in some kind of ministry role, we all need to take time every once in a while for just a period of quietness and refreshment and refueling and getting clear perspective. But it's all too easy to turn this need for a break into an outlet for selfishness. And that is what Eric and I discovered when we went to the mountains and just rented one movie after the next. We just felt entitled to indulge our flesh, to indulge our selfish whims, as opposed to saying, what would really equip us and refresh us right now? And what would really make us stronger for what God has called us to rather than just distract us from how tired we feel. When we simply want to escape from the responsibilities that God has placed in our lives and just go enjoy ourselves for a little while, that's when we know that our motives are skewed. When it's just distraction that's our goal, we will usually end up turning to selfish indulgences rather than activities that will really restore our soul. Whenever you take a a break for rest and relaxation, be aware of the voice of self-pity that whispers, poor you, your life is so hard, you deserve to get away from all these needy people for a while and take time for you. Our motive for rest and recreation should flow from only one thing, the desire to become stronger and better equipped to fulfill the calling that God has placed on our lives. 
Ezekiel 10.17 declares, Blessed are you, O land, when your princes feast at the proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. So clearly, there are God-appointed times for feasting, for celebration, for recreation. But this verse reminds us that healthy recreation is meant to strengthen and refuel us for our calling, not to just entertain us or distract us from reality. Though me time, self-indulgent time might be heralded by our culture, I've personally found that the best rest actually comes from God time. Prayer, journaling, worship, reading Christian biographies, or simply getting outside and just enjoying God's beautiful creation refreshes my soul far more than vegging in front of a movie or browsing the internet or just going on a shopping spree. Now, movies and shopping are not necessarily wrong, but they can quickly get out of place and become a replacement for the eternally focused activities that our lives should be built around. So if you are feeling overwhelmed or stressed out, remember it's running to Jesus Christ and not away from him. That is where you're going to find true rest. His word says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So when your emotions are headed downward and your life maybe feels out of control, don't turn to those mind escapes and those cultural distractions that are all around us. Instead, run to the God of all comfort and you will not be disappointed. And the last principle is to rest the right way. In her book, God's Missionary, Amy Carmichael made a really poignant observation about how we as Christians often choose to use our leisure time. We often ask the question, what is the harm of it about reading certain books, following certain pursuits, taking our recreation in certain ways? Perhaps we've been hard at work and we need a change of thought and a rest of brain. What is the harm of the latest novel, even if it happens to be rather unprofitable? And we who have not the time to read one out of a thousand of the real books that have been written spend a precious hour by deliberate choice on something not worthwhile. Those are such convicting words. We so often believe that engaging in frivolous temporal activities will provide the best form of leisure or rest. But when we look at the pattern that Jesus set when he was here on this earth, we can see that he used even his rest times to focus on eternal things. Here's one example from Mark 135. It says, In the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Prayer and time in the presence of our King provides the truest form of quietness for our souls. Now, that doesn't mean that every minute of our free time has to be spent on prayer and Bible study, but here are two really important truths that we can't forget. First of all, prayer and time in God's Word should not just be an afterthought in our lives. It should be a central part of every day. When our intimacy with Christ falls to the back burner, it's only a matter of time before stress and frazzle starts to take over. That's one of the main reasons why I actually didn't feel any lasting refreshment after spending those few days in front of movies. And it was because I hadn't spent much, if any, time in God's presence. I had just filled my mind with cultural distractions. As Amy Carmichael said, I had spent a precious few days of my life by deliberate choice on things that were not worthwhile. The second truth to keep in mind is that when we do engage in non-spiritual recreational activities like social events, entertainment, and sports, we shouldn't have to unplug from our relationship with Christ in order to do so. If any rest time activity is contrary to the nature of Christ, it will hinder our relationship with him and bring only agitation and not rest 
to our soul. For example, laughter can be a wonderful, beneficial, restorative gift to our lives, but laughter stimulated by crass, crude, perverse movies, jokes, or entertainment will only harm our soul and lead us away from Christ. I would encourage you to make a list of free time activities that are truly edifying and God-honoring. Reading an inspiring Christian biography, taking a walk or a hike, enjoying God's creation, listening to worshipful music, using your creative gifts to bless or encourage someone, building meaningful memories with the important people in your life. These are just a few of the many ways that you can rest and enjoy recreation without having to unplug from Christ. There's a really powerful example from history, Lilius Trotter, who was a missionary to Algeria in the early 1900s, had such a beautiful life of contemplation and artistry. She was this painter, and then she became a missionary for the second half of her life. She was in Algeria. She was in this really, really intense uh, situation where she was living among the poorest of the poor and the conditions were really difficult. She often took periods of reprieve from the intensity of her ministry life, and she would go to England or Switzerland for, for times of solitude. But she used those seasons of rest in eternally focused ways. She would take long prayer walks. She studied God's creation. She painted the beauty that she saw all around her. She journaled, and she wrote powerful devotionals. And I believe that's probably why she thrived for over 40 years in one of the most difficult climates and difficult spiritual battlefields in the world because she knew how to rest the right way. Once we experience the soul restoration that comes from God's pattern of true rest, we'll never again want to settle for anything less. Now, you don't have to wait until your next vacation to discover God's pattern for rest. Simply fix your gaze on him and let him quiet your soul starting right now. Whether you're in a crowded subway, a busy mall, a busy airport, or you're all by yourself in a cabin in the woods, he is ready to take your hand and lead you beside still waters. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode, and I want to invite you to join me this coming week, May 25th and 26th, in Colorado for our upcoming Set Apart Conference on Joyful Living. If you can't make it to Colorado, you can tune in via simulcast, and even if you can't tune in this coming weekend, you can stream the simulcast anytime throughout this year, but there is a deadline to register, and there's only another week to register for Colorado, and less than a month to register for the simulcast. So be sure you go to setapartgirl.com to learn more. And I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.